Hey everybody, I'm Jerry Green, here today with Corey K. Micholli. We are going to talk about the NBA on today's podcast. Um, we got some pretty big trades to discuss. Um, we're going to preview the draft, which takes place tomorrow night. Um, talk about some of the potential draftees that the Sixers could be interested in or could take. Um, I'm going to give my mock draft at the top 14 or the lottery. We're going to talk about some of the top prospects and um, basically just cover everything that's going on in the NBA right now. How are you doing, Coy? Doing pretty good, Jerry. How are you? I'm doing pretty good myself. Um, let's get right into it. CP3 to Phoenix. Um, this was a pretty surprising one, at least for me. There was some talk that CP3 wanted to go to um, the Suns, and he got his wishes, I guess. Um, the trade was the Thunder gave up Chris Paul and Abdel Nader. For Kelly Oubre, Ricky Rubio, Ty Jerome, Jalen Le- LeQue, and a 2022 first-round pick. What is your initial thoughts on this trade? You know, uh, Chris Paul is going to be a valuable player wherever he goes. We know that. But I just thought he would go to a team that is um, out a little more contending, like the Bucks or like Sixers or a team on the outside looking in, like or any any team that's like on the outside looking in or can good contender. The Suns, I don't think they're going to win a championship with Chris Paul here. They're just not ready yet. They gave up like they gave up a lot. They gave up Kelly Oubre, who was pretty good for the last year until he got hurt. Ricky Rubio, who was a good role player. Uh, Ty Jerome, Jalen Lecue, both young players, and then a 2022 first round pick. So honestly, I I don't really like the deal. You know, I know Devin Booker wants somebody there, but. If they're paying, if they're paying Paul's contract, I just know, which I don't know if the details are out yet about that, but he's getting paid thirty million this year. So, if they're paying Paul's contract, then I think they definitely lost this deal. Yeah, I mean, Chris Paul, he's still got a couple years left. He's, I, I agree with you that he's not going to. Definitely, they're going to make the playoffs with this type of team that they have in place right now. This core, um, we'll see how they complement. Their guys, um, you know, CP3, Devin Booker, um, DeAndre, and they've got Cam Johnson. They've got, like, a solid team right now. Um, we'll see what they do in free agency because they do have $17 million in cap space, which could land them, like, a pretty big power forward, maybe even Danilo Gallinari, which would round out pretty big uh, or a pretty solid starting five. Um, still, though, I don't see them even making it into the top half of the West. I think that their ceiling is like the five or maybe even the four seed. Um, You know, the only scenario where I see them making it anywhere in the playoffs is if like Devin Booker just flourishes with a better team around him and with like CP3s complimenting him in the backcourt and he becomes like an MVP type candidate um, and makes a huge jump this year, which realistically is unlikely to happen. So, yeah, I mean, the Suns, they haven't been in the playoffs in a long time, so they're I guess they're just trying to get back there and they don't wanna they their guys are still young. Um, Eight and Booker, they've got a lot of time left together. It's not like their window's closing anytime soon. So I guess they're kinda just taking it slow and they're taking it step by step, um, getting them in the playoffs before they make the jump to a championship team. Um, Ubre, he's a pretty Ubre in first round pick. Plus, those like couple of young guys who haven't really proven themselves in the league yet, and Ricky Rubio, that's like a pretty big um, price to pay for Paul. But honestly, we should mention that Nader, he's um, 
he didn't get a ton of minutes in OKC, especially not in the playoffs, but he's a pretty good spot-up shooter. So maybe he'll fit in this team, and maybe he'll actually be um, someone who's in their rotation. I'm not positive about that. It's not something I'm sure of, but he it that could be one way to look at it. That they're still getting some extra value with Nader added on. Um, overall, I give this great, like, if I'm OKC, I give this, like, a B-plus maybe, and if I'm Phoenix, then I give it, like, maybe a B, B-minus. Yeah, uh, going back to what you said about their playoff team, honestly, Jerry, I want to say their playoff team. I don't even think they're playoff team. I think they're going to have a really yeah. bad year. Uh, I can definitely see them. This is just a hot take I'm making. I can definitely see them making the playoffs for sure. But I'm gonna say I, I'm gonna go with they're not gonna make the playoffs. Wow, that's that's actually is a pretty hot take. Um, it's not out of question. I mean, you know, CP3 is pushing 30, 40. Um, you know, he's on a plant based diet, but eventually your body's gonna give out. So who knows how much he's got left in the tank? Um, let's talk about the Bucks now, who made a couple of big trades overnight. Uh, they acquired Bogdan Bogdanovich via sign and trade of the Kings. Um, they give up Dante DiVincenzo, a really talented young wing, Irsan Eliasova, and DJ Wilson, who are still a couple guys who got minutes in their rotation. Um, I'm not sure how I feel about this if I'm the Bucks. You're giving up youth for um, a slight upgrade in Bogdanovich, um, and that's really there. It looks like these moves are just them going full full out win now mode and just trying to build the best team around Giannis that they can so they can make it to the finals and keep him happy and have him sign the Supermax and have him for however many years they can have him for his whole career. I mean, ultimately, that's the goal. Uh, I don't know. I guess, like, if I'm Milwaukee, um, obviously, I see what they're doing here, but they are giving, like, I'm not sure if this makes them that much better as a team, this move. Yeah, and it honestly seems like they gave up more here than they did in the trade to get Drew Holiday. Uh you know, obviously, in the deal with Drew Holiday, we'll talk about that in a second. But, yeah, they gave up a lot. I mean, Dante DiVincenzo was a really good player. Uh, granted, Bogdanovich was pretty good last year, and he will be good. But, yeah, they gave up a lot of guys, on, especially guy, good role players. I mean, even DJ Wilson's not a bad player. And especially since they traded Eric Bledsoe and George Hill, it's just going to be like Drew Holiday back there now. And then McCard. So, I mean, uh, it should be interesting to see, honestly. Yeah, that that mentioned you brought up the other trade that they made, which was the bigger one. Drew Holiday for Eric Bledsoe, George Hill, three first-round picks, and two future pick swaps. In my opinion, they're massively overpaying for Holiday, but they're just doing anything they can to keep Giannis happy. Drew Holiday, he's like a really, really good player. I think he's one of the more underrated players in the league, one of the best defenders, and he's competent on offense too. Um Honestly, you could even say he's a borderline all-star. But to give up a guy like Bledsoe, George Hill, too, who was the best three-point shooter in the league last year, at least percentage-wise, three first-round picks plus the pick swaps, you're basically giving up all your draft capital just for this guy who's, like, maybe your third option. I mean, he's going to be probably – well, yeah, he's going to be their third option with Middleton. I, I'm, I don't know. Him and Middleton, I guess there's not really a definitive second option there. But – I don't know if this pushes them over the top. Like, Bledsoe was still good for them, and they're going to miss George Hill. They're kind of, I guess they're going all out, and they figure that they'll, I don't know how, but they're going to build the back end of the rotation up somehow, I guess, through free agency. I am i don't know, but 
you know, and I box. can guarantee one thing with this deal. I can guarantee that both teams walk away this feeling like they won the deal. Because the Bucks, like you said, they're just trying to win Giannis. That's what they're trying to do. This is they're just pushing to become a big team. But I mean, look at the Pelicans now. The Pelicans are on the uprise. They now have three first round picks all added to what they already have and two big swaps, like we said. And then they, you know, they got Eric Bledsoe as a soft player, and so is George Hill. He'll be a good player off the bench. And that, you know, that both teams are definitely walking away from this deal, thinking that they won. Mm-hmm. I'm Milwaukee. Pretty much overnight, have given up their like safety net backup plan entirely. If it's all in with Giannis, they need Giannis to resign now, and they're doing the proper things that they should to try and get Giannis to resign. But man, can you imagine if Giannis leaves them, and now they have no draft picks? No, Eric Bledsoe, George, they're just left with Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton. I mean, that would be a massive fall from grace for Milwaukee if that were to happen. Welcome to the 012 and like the, or I mean, not 012, like the 2012 and 2013 Sixers. That's what yeah. it'll be like. <laughs> That's what it's probably going to be like. I mean, yeah. seriously, they've they given up everything. And honestly, I still don't think they're going to win a championship. I think they have a chance, but I don't think Giannis and Middleton are a good duo. I think they're both solid players, and they're both all-stars. And I think Drew Holiday is going to be good with Giannis, but I just don't know if they're going to – I don't think they're going to make it out of the East. Mm-hmm. I, we haven't talked about the NBA very much recently because of the offseason on this podcast, but I'll reiterate my thoughts on Giannis. I don't think he's ever going to win a championship as the first option. He's just too easy to stop, unless if he adds some sort of um, bigger shooting threat. Unless he's playing with Steph Curry, I don't see him winning a championship pretty much. Um Anything else on some of the trades that transpired over the past couple of days? Nope. And actually, before we get in talking to the draft and like the Sixers a little bit, I want to talk about like the top five free agents left on this list here real quickly. Uh, Anthony Davis, he just came out saying yesterday that he does not have a team. So that means he who knows where he's going to go. I mean, rumors saying Chicago because he wants to play in Chicago. That would be such a bad downfall. Uh Brandon Ingram is a restricted free agent. And then DeMar DeRozan just picked up his player option yesterday, I believe. And then Fred Van Fleet and Montrezl Harrell both still out there as well. So there's some good names out there in the free agency board. Yeah, this class definitely weaker than last year. But, I mean, AD, he says that he's just he's just saying that. Like, he's obviously going to resign with the Lakers. He's just doing whatever stupid. moves whatever moves he can to get the most money. And I don't blame him, but he's just I don't think the Lakers are even concerned that he's going to leave like I would be really 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 shocked if he signed anywhere but Los Angeles with the Lakers could you imagine if Los Angeles like this would not happen at all but could you imagine how mad LeBron would be if the Lakers did not even try to get Anthony (laughs) Davis yeah (laughs) like they just let him go they were like all right we don't need you we have LeBron all right let's talk about the draft um so where do we start um, number one overall, who do you think is going to go first? Who do you, who, all right, let's start this way. Who do you think is the best player in the draft? Who do you think should go number one overall? Honestly, I think the guy that's going to make the biggest impact out of this draft is going to be James Wiseman. I don't, he's not going to be the number one pick though, because Minnesota has a big like him and there's no reason to pair him up with Towns. So I think the, I think the number one overall pick is going to be Anthony Edwards. I, I mean, you could say Lamella Ball. But honestly, I don't think LaMelo Ball is going to be live up to the height that everybody's saying. I think he'll average like 20 a game, not like 30, which everybody wants him to. 
And that's that's what I think Anthony Edwards is going to be a dog in the NBA, and he's going to be good for the Timberwolves. Yeah. Um, I think that if you're drafting off of potential, you got to go Lamelo. I mean, I agree. With, he's not going to be a superstar. I don't think he's like maybe uh, like a couple of times in the All-Star game, but I think Lamelo is going to be a really good player um, because really his skill set and his physical tools are just – so unique and um like if he can okay so let's take a look at his weaknesses his weakness his main weaknesses are shooting which can be fixed shot selection which can be fixed and probably like physical strength which can definitely be fixed by hitting the weight room um and he hasn't seen a lot of real competition but he's got like a great feel for the game he's a great passer playmaker he's got a nice touch at the rim he can finish he's got really long wingspan he's as tall for his point guard position he can guard one through four possibly um especially if he beefs up a little bit and i think if you get the most out of him you're getting a really really solid um like borderline all-star type of player like maybe i don't think i think he's kind of like his brother lonzo like it's hard to he's really unique it's hard to compare him to any one player but i think he's kind of like a lonzo ball with more um offensive talent like more scoring ability and you know not quite as defensively capable as his brother but i think he's still going to be a really good player and if i was any team i'd take him number one overall and um there's it's kind of a debate whether no one really is sure whether or not the um minnesota timberwolves are going to take lamello or edwards um they already have d'lo in their backcourt i think I think they're going to end up taking Melo, and I think that'll be the right choice. But Edwards, he could play out um, pretty decently for them too. Let's talk about Edwards for a minute. So he's a guy who's – the questions with him are, like, his motivation. He's, you know, when you watch him play, he looks a little bit lazy on defense. People draw comparisons to James Harden, but he's not, he's not like, offensively James Harden. He's got a long way to go before he's scoring 40 points a game. Um, he's kind of like a little bit less quicker version of Victor Oladipo. He's really athletic. Um, he can jump and he's got a lot of physical strength. Uh, I think like Edwards just has the makings of the type of player who's on a really bad team and averages like 25 points a game, similar to Zach Levine this year. And that's why I think number three to the Hornets is just a very fitting selection for him. You see, with Anthony Edwards, uh, I do agree with like the things that you said about him, and honestly, I'm uh, impact wise, maybe not completely like game wise. I think Anthony Edwards is going to be like R.J. Barrett. You know what I mean? He's going to trap. He's going to average like 18 points for an awful team. Like, but I, I don't think the Timberwolves will be awful for much longer. But I think he's going to be impact wise. I think he's just going to be like just like R.J. Barrett in the draft. So that and that kind of shows that this draft is definitely a little weaker I would say from last year and next year's is much better than this year but uh yeah I mean seriously I could see either LaMelo or Edwards working out for Minnesota either way I think they're happy because they were nowhere near supposed to get the first overall pick (laughs) yeah um let's talk about number two real quick so the Warriors pick second um we're still not there hasn't been any rumors coming out lately but there's definitely a possibility that they end up trading this pick or trying to trade it or something. Um, I don't, 
I'm just we're just gonna go under the assumption that they do end up using it. I mean, they've definitely got to take a big man, and Wiseman seems like the guy. Personally, I think that Onyeko Kungwu um, from USC is more talented. Like, he's probably the best big man in the draft, but he's kind of like a ceiling guy, and Wiseman is the floor guy. Like, Wiseman, you know what you're getting. You're getting a guy who's averaging, like, 10 points, 10 rebounds, a couple of blocks. He's going to protect the rim. He's got really long arms. Um, He's just got a lot of great physical tools, but he's not going to be superstar type of talent, but he's going to fit in nicely with that Golden State roster, and I think that that is the right selection for them to take Wiseman at two. I think that's what they're going to do, and I think that's what they should do. Yeah, and I think Wiseman, out of everybody in this draft, is is like the most guaranteed talent. Like I like you said, I think he's going to be like the guy that everybody knows what you're getting. I mean, everybody else, you know a little bit about what you're getting. I think James Wiseman, you definitely know. And I could see the Warriors trading this pick for a package, but who knows what's going to happen there. Mm-hmm. All right. So I'm just going to read off the rest of my uh, kind of mock draft here, 1 through 15. So first, the Timberwolves take LaMelo Ball. Second, the Warriors take James Wiseman. Third, the Hornets take Anthony Edwards. We went over those three. Um, fourth is Chicago. They pick up Tyrese Halliburton. And fifth is the Cavaliers. They take Obi Toppin. Um, sixth, the Atlanta Hawks pick Denny Avdita, however you pronounce his last name, the European guy. Um, Detroit at seven. Uh, they take Patrick Williams from Florida State. Number eight, the Knicks will pick Killian Hayes. Number nine, Washington Wizards. Uh, they land Onyeko Kungwu. Number 10, Phoenix take Devin Vassell um, from Florida State, 3-D wing. Number 11, San Antonio Spurs take Isaac Okoro um, out of Auburn. Number 12, Sacramento take Tyrese Maxey to pair with uh, De'Aaron Fox in their backcourt. And they both went to the same school, so I think I feel like that's a pick that's just like waiting to happen. Um, 13th, New Orleans Pelicans take Aaron Nesmith from Vanderbilt, arguably the best shooter in the draft. 14th, Tyler Sadiq Bay goes to Boston, uh, the Villanova power forward. And 15th, this is outside the lottery, but I just wanted to put him in here, RJ Hampton to Orlando. I think that um, I'm pretty confident that the, the draft is going to go somewhat this way based on the reports I've heard um, and just like kind of the top guys, the top team meets and all that stuff. Um, let's talk about number four real quickly. Chicago, there's a little bit of question here. I think that they end up taking Tyrese Halliburton. He's, and I just want to talk about Halliburton for a second. Like he's my favorite player in the draft. I don't think he's going to be the best. Um, I do think he's going to be good, but he's just my favorite because like, um, like, I don't know. I'm a big Ben Simmons fan. I just like super tall point guards. Like Lamella Ball, I like him too. He's just like if you were to make a player in a lab that I would just like be a huge fan of, it would be like Tyrese Halliburton. He's just his type of player build is so fun to watch for me. And I think if they put him next to Kobe White, they have a pretty lethal backcourt. That's assuming they um, get rid of Zach Levine somehow. It seems like that's a trade sort of waiting to happen. We'll have to see. But um, there's definitely a realm. The realm of possibility here is endless. They could take the European Denia Vita, who I'll talk about in a second. They could take maybe Obi Toppin. I don't see that happening with Larry Markinen, but we're not sure. They could trade out. I don't know. They can maybe even trade up and get 
one of the top three guys. Um, this is really like the top three, I think, are set in stone no matter what order they go. And then four is where it gets a little bit shaky. Yeah, uh, four beyond, literally, there could be I, – I nobody's going to predict, right? Like, there's not going to be one perfect draft, mock draft board out there. There's going to be a lot of shocks, I think. And real quickly, before we talk any more about the prospects, I just want to point out the Celtics have three first-round picks this year and a high second-round pick, and they have one of the best youth cores in the league. I'm predicting they make a blockbuster deal tomorrow night. Yeah. Uh, I mean, seriously, they don't need those three first-round picks. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I wouldn't be surprised that by the time we're done recording this, some sort of massive trade happens. It's like the Celtics, they don't have the roster room to use all their picks. They're definitely going to make some sort of deal. Who knows if the 14 pick goes? Who knows if it stays? Who knows what other picks go and stay? I'm just excited to see what's going to happen. Um, but real quickly, I mentioned Denny Vita earlier. However you say his name, I'm... I have him going to the Hawks here. He's a lot of people have him in like their top four. They have him really highly valued. I'm not a big fan of this guy. I think he's really overrated. He hasn't played any competition over in Europe, and his skill set just doesn't like. There's a lot of like Luka Doncic comparisons, and I think it's just like a reach. People are getting way too excited over this guy. I just wanted to put that out. I think he's like my biggest bust out of anyone in the top ten or whatever. Um, biggest disappointment, like whatever you want to call it. I just don't think he's going to pan out the way that a lot of people are expecting him to. Yeah, uh, I don't know much about him, honestly. But I know one guy One guy that I think is going to have a really big impact in this draft. I think Obi Toppin is going to have a big, big impact in this draft. And there's a lot of reports the Knicks are trying to get him, but I don't think the Knicks are going to be able to get him at the eighth overall pick. So I could also see the Knicks making a big mm-hmm. deal in, tomorrow night in the draft. Yeah. Toppin, honestly, he might be my pick to win Rookie of the Year. Uh, he's a senior. He's 22 years old already. He's He was the best player in college basketball last season, uh, from what we saw at least. And, you know, there's he definitely has his weaknesses. He can shoot, and he can he's got some uh, great leaping ability. So he's a dual threat on offense. But I'm not – in the long run, I don't think Toppin is a very great pick. Um but I do think that he will be a solid player, and I think he's going to win Rookie of the Year because his game is so polished already. Yeah, and I want to I want to do an interesting segment here. Let's do some. Let's do the most underrated pick play, or pick player you think is going to be in within this first two rounds. All right, I want to real quick. I want to give mine first. I think Cassius Stanley out of Duke, and I feel like this is kind of an obvious pick, but I think Cassius Stanley out of Duke is going to have a bigger impact than a lot of people expect. And honestly, I could see the Sixers picking him at the 36th overall pick, but we'll see what happens there. But who do you think is the most underrated player in this well, draft? Well, immediately you said Stanley, and that's one of the guys on my um, list for sleepers or underrated, high potential type of guys. He might be the first Duke player ever to be underrated um, coming into the NBA draft um, because, you know, Duke's such a big school. Everyone always overrates them. They've got like the glitz and glamorous guys but cash stanley he's really like i think he's got a future in the league and he's projected a lot of people have him going in like the second round late first if the sixers ended up with him i had him on my list of potential candidates for the sixers to take and i would be happy if the sixers did take him um another type of guy who i think is a little bit underrated um maybe xavier tillman from michigan state he's 
you know, he's a, kind of like a playmaking center, which is interesting. Um, another one, I'm probably going to mess up his name, but his name's like Alexiev Pokusevsky. Um, there's some talk that he's not going to play this year, so he might be like a stash pick where a team takes him and he spends the next year in Europe and then he comes over to the NBA the year after. He's just like, he's like a seven foot wing um, European guy, obviously. You could tell from his name. He just like, he screams Kristaps Porzingis. Like, you know, he's just one of those guys. He could also end up being the type of guy who averages like two points and plays 10 career games. But he's just like a super interesting guy. Um, Another, this guy's, I have him going ninth. I think he's probably going to end up in that range. But Nyeko Kungwu, I said he's the best big man in the draft. I think, like, he's definitely a top-five talent, and I don't think he's going to go top-five. So there's that. And um, Tyrell Terry is another one. If the Sixers end up with this guy, I think that would be a great um, pick for them. He's probably, apart from maybe Aaron Nesmith, who I mentioned earlier, is the best shooter in the draft. He might be the best shooter in the draft. Um, Point guard from Stanford, but he can play off the ball a little bit. And I think that he's going to go maybe like the 20s range. If the Sixers can get him at 21, I'd be very happy with that. Um, I think he's another uh, top 10 talent type of guy who's going a little bit later. All right. Well, let's talk about some Sixers guys that we would uh, be interested in getting. Uh, at the, I believe it's 22nd overall. 21st. No, 21st overall. You, who would you like to see most? I know, I know you said Tyrell Terry. There's a lot of talk we could get a guy like Tyrese Maxey as well, maybe Cole Anthony. Who is your number one value at this position? Who would you have? Who would you want to be the backup if we can't get that? Um, you know, obviously, like if he falls, which it's unlikely, I had him going 14 to Boston. Sadiq Bay from Villanova, he would be probably my number one guy for the Sixers to get. If not, um. You know, there's a number of guys. Kira Lewis Jr. from Alabama. He's, I don't think he's going to fall to them either, but if they could get him, he would be a great backup point guard. Um, I, in my like mock draft kind of, I had them getting Desmond Bain from TCU, the shooting guard. He can, he can do some work on both ends. I'd be happy with them getting a guy like that. Um, some other guys that I had them potentially taking that I'd be happy with. Cole Anthony from UNC. Another if he falls, um, he would be great for running the second unit type of some a sort of like spark club uh, bench guy that you just plug in. He gives you buckets and energy off the bench. He's very talented, and I think he's going a little bit lower than he should. Um, another one, Josh Green from Arizona would be a good pick at 21. I'm not sure if they'll get him. He's going to go around those early 20s, late teens, maybe even late 20s range. But he's a great defender, and I think they, he would uh, fit in nicely in the rotation that the Sixers have. Yeah, and go back to Cole Anthony. I've been on the Cole Anthony hype train for a while. I think you're right. I think he is falling a little too a little too much. And honestly, I could see the Nets getting him. And if the Nets get him, I think that would be very good for the Nets. And honestly, the, I mean, Kyrie, KD, and then Cole Anthony running that second line uh, – that could be pretty lethal if he if he pans out. It's obvious, but yeah, I would like to see the Sixers get a guard just like you were saying. Tyrell Terry would obviously be really good, and Tyrese Max I think is a really good shooting guard out of Kentucky. But I don't know. And the Sixers have four second round picks too, so I could see us making a minor trade tomorrow night. Now this is kind of sidetracked, 
There's a lot of talk about a big blockbuster deal. Do you want to deal Ben Simmons or another player on this roster? No, honestly, like as long as they keep Simmons in a beat, I'm up for anything, especially if they're getting rid of a guy like Horford or Tobias Harris. Um, but you know, there's like the Harden for Simmons talk, all that. I personally don't think that Daryl Morey is willing to give up Ben Simmons or Joel Embiid. Um, obviously, you know, he's been with Harden for a while and he's got a strong relationship with Harden, but I don't think that the Rockets want to do business with him, especially after he backed out. Now the team's kind of going south. So I don't think that we get rid of Ben Simmons. I don't think that we end up with James Harden, but I would be happy to see James Harden on this team, particularly, especially if they can keep Simmons, but they would almost definitely have to go up Simmons to get Harden. Um, either way, I'm, I think that whatever Daryl Morey does and, you know, Doc Rivers, whatever they do with this team, I think it's going to be a lot better than what we saw last year. And yeah, I, it's like all speculation, but a Ben Simmons for James Harden trade, let's talk about it for a second. I mean, I, I know I just went on a little bit about it, but like, what would you feel about them giving up um, a future MVP candidate maybe and Ben Simmons for 31 year old James Harden? Uh, honestly, I would do the swap in a heartbeat. I don't think Embiid and Simmons will ever win a championship together. I could see Embiid and Harden winning a championship together. Uh, the big problem is, and we already signed Ben Simmons to Max Steel anyways, but cap room is just such a problem. We're paying all these guys on a roster. Tobias Harris is $180 million guaranteed. Al Horver, $97 million. Joel Embiid, $122 million. Ben Simmons, $177 million. And Josh Richardson's only at $20 million guaranteed. But we get Harden. I mean, we just saw that he declined $50 million, uh, on an extension. I mean, that's also the Rockets. But, I mean, how much money are we going to have to extend him for? <laughs> uh, I don't know, dude. It's, I personally would do it in a heartbeat. But I don't think that would be the last move that we would have to do. I think we would have to deal. I want to get rid of Al Horton and Tobias Harris so bad. Uh, just too much money for too little impact. Yeah, And I'm just going to sidetrack one more time. You mentioned the Sixers have four second-round picks. They actually have a couple of really high ones, 34 and 36. Um, I'm just going to list off a couple of names. Trey Jones from Duke I think would be a good addition. Isaiah Joe from Arkansas. He has potential as a shooter. Nico Mannion from Arizona if he's on the board. Cassius Winston from Michigan State. Um, Cash Stanley, we talked about him. Marcus Howard from Marquette. All those guys are some of my targets for those early second round spots and they do have a couple of later second round ones which like you said they could be used to trade up maybe um if they wanted to land anyone if they have their eye on anyone maybe like Kira Lewis Jr. um I don't know and maybe even Aaron Nesmith who's got a reputation as a shooter or Sadiq Bey from Villanova although in the past the Sixers have turned down some Villanova prospects uh frustratingly uh, such as the Miles Bridges trade, which went down a couple of years ago, where they gave up Miles Bridges for Zaire Smith. For what reason, I have no clue to this day. Um, <laughs> anything else to add about the Sixers' later round picks? Nope, I've got nothing on the later round picks, like you said. And Trey Jones, I've been on his hype train for a while. You know, I think he's going to be an underrated talent as well. I liked him a lot last year. I started to watch him a lot last year. And again, it's just rare to see a Duke Duke players be so far in the draft. Uh, but Duke was not the best college basketball team last year. Neither was UNC. 
but who knows yeah. what's going to happen. Um, Trey Jones, like, I think he's just everything the Sixers kind of need. Um, if he can come in and play valuable minutes right away, that would be great. He's like, you know, he's got a his, his play style. He's like kind of like a floor general who can just run that backup point guard spot that we struggled with so much last year. Um, come in when Embiid's off the court and Simmons is playing in some sort of power forward type of position or when Simmons is off the floor and we don't have a point guard or a ball handler. I think that Trey Jones or maybe even like Cole Anthony, like we mentioned, uh, Tyrell Terry from Stanford again. Um, you know, Kira Lewis, if they can get him, all of those guys, like just expect the Sixers to pick some sort of guard who can one either um, run the backup unit as a point guard, as, as a primary ball handler, two, shoot the ball, three, defend, and also keep an eye out if they try to take like a power forward, maybe Jaden McDaniels was one of those later picks. Uh, Jalen Smith from Maryland, he's another pretty good power forward. And yeah, I mean, because, you know, Al Horford could be on his way out the door. Um, that's about it, all I've got to say. Yep, so I think that's going to do it for tonight. Uh, we'll give a draft recap after tomorrow night. We probably won't have it until a couple days later. But seriously, I expect some moves tomorrow, yeah. not just including the guys that are getting drafted. Expect some big trades uh, tomorrow. You know, as we said, next year's draft is going to be much better prospect-wise. But this year it has its kind of own element to it because I think there's going to be a lot more trades. Yeah, than this year, this draft, you know, at the top it's not very um, – appetizing but when you get deeper down and that's why the Sixers pick at 21 is really valuable to me like I feel like this there's like normally there's a drop off after like 8 or 12 guys but this year I think the drop off comes at like 25 so if the Sixers can get some a good talented player who can help them out from the get go at 21 it would be huge for them yep and that's going to do it for tonight Thanks for tuning in and make sure to tune into our next podcast, which will probably be on the NBA draft recap or NFL week 10 recap, which should be out by tonight or tomorrow. Thanks for listening.